Hey, Claudia, it's great being with you once again as we journey in the series called Called, uh, where we talk about calling and what it means to be called by God. And I think one of the biggest questions that a lot of people have is, what do I need to do for God? What do I need to be busy with? What, what am I supposed to do for Him? Because calling very often evokes this idea that we are doing something. And in the previous two weeks, we determined that the first place that God calls you to is firstly to Himself. He calls you to Himself uh, to be saved, to be sanctified, so that you can live a life that pleases Him and honors Him. And we're called to that, but we're also called to a life of service and of doing something for Him. And maybe you feel called in a certain sense. Maybe you, you sense the call of God in your life and, and you ask this question, what should I be doing? What, what, where am I uh, assigned to? What is God expecting from our lives? Where can I serve? Where can I give? What is God's will in my life? And so today, I want to introduce a principle to you. A principle that ties all callings together. If you feel called to be a doctor, if you feel called to be a mother, if you feel called to run a business, if you feel called to work with children or work in the church environment or work as a volunteer or whatever you feel called to be doing, there is one overarching principle in Scripture that connects all callings. And I believe this is the first call when it comes to doing something for God. And we find that principle right in the beginning of Scripture, in the story of creation in the book of Genesis. And I'm going to read a few verses to you. And I'm going to read them in quick succession. And I want you to see if you can see what Scripture tells us, what this principle is. And so the Bible says this, Genesis 1, verse 11 and 12. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. The seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Genesis 1 verse 20 and 21. Then God said, let the waters swarm and fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water, every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 24 and 25. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. The last two verses, verse 27 and 28, So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God He created them, male and female He created them, and then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Quite a few verses, but I don't know if you picked up the common thread 
in all of these verses. And most people, when they read these verses, hear the words, and God saw that it was good. And that is good. But that's not the principle. It's not that God created good things, because we believe He's a good God. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's majestic. And so we believe He creates good things. But there's a principle hidden in those scriptures that very often is overlooked. And that's the principle, maybe you heard it, that says each produced according to its kind. Each produced according to its kind. Even verse 27, when it says God created man in his own image, it he carries this idea that God reproduced something from himself that was according to his kind, according to his image. And this is the principle that connects all callings, is that you can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. The very first calling of man was to reproduce, be fruitful, and multiply. The very first calling of plants and animals and, and everything that living thing that fills this earth was reproduce according to your kind. That is a principle that we see throughout Scripture. Even Jesus refers to that principle. He speaks about it when he talks about fruit on your life. Jesus expects fruit on your life. He expects you to be fruitful. He expects you to produce something. And very often we try to produce something outside of our kind, outside of who we are. God created you for a purpose. God created you to do something. God created you uniquely to reproduce something in your life. And that might not be what you thought it was. But here's the, the big thing. When Jesus walks by your life, he is looking for fruit. He's looking to see whether you are reproducing, whether there's something happening in your life that is evidence of what is happening on the inside. So if God calls us to walk with him, he first calls us to himself. And then he calls us to live a life that is separate, that is holy, that looks like he desires, the result of that will be fruit. There will be evidence of your walk with God and of your life that you live according to his will. There will be fruit. There is something to be said of that. And Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15. You can go read the whole chapter. I just want to highlight two verses. Verse 8 says the following, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Wow. If you want to know if you're a true disciple, you need to look at your life and ask the question, am I producing fruit? Is there something that I can point to physically that proves that I'm a disciple? Because you reproduce according to your kind. I know a lot of people are sensitive about what I'm going to say right now. But if you're a parent and you see certain traits and behavior patterns in your children, guess what? That's part of the fruit of your life. And you need to own that. 
That's something that you reproduced in a next generation. You might not have a troubled child. You might just reproduce what's inside of you. And if you want to delete my face from your screen right now, I get it. But that's a principle in Scripture. So Jesus says, if you are my true disciples, you will produce much fruit. But verse 16 says this, and this is sort of consoling. I love this verse. Jesus says this, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. When I read that, it brings comfort to me because that means that when I am a follower of Jesus, producing fruit isn't an effort. I didn't choose this. He chose me. And if you go read the rest of uh, chapter 15, where Jesus describes bearing fruit and being in the vine, you will see what Jesus says. He is the life force inside of you that when you walk with him, and to use the words from Scripture, if you abide in him, if you live in him, he's the one that fills your life with life-giving ability to produce fruit. It's not your own efforts. It is simply in walking with him that you start producing fruit fruit. That is the first call that we are called to when it comes to doing something. I'm going to take you through this because there's two types of fruit that you can bear in your life. And a lot of people focus only on the first one. And that's not a problem, but there are two types of fruit. And the first type of fruit that you carry in your life is fruit that glorifies God. That is a life-lived for him that is reflected in your actions in your attitude that's when people might look at you at work and say wow we can really see that that person is walking with God the way that you interact with people the way that you love them the way that you conduct business the way that you um, treat your children or treat your spouse um, the, the love and the grace and the kindness and the mercy that you extend because of the transformational power of Jesus in your life is fruit that you bear that glorifies God. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7. He says you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. He's talking about your actions, your everyday life. He says, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs? from thistles. It's like a rhetorical question, isn't it? Jesus is saying you can't do that. You know, you can't pick grapes from thorn bushes. It doesn't work like that because of the first principle we see in Genesis. Each reproduces according to its kind. Then he continues, verse 17. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Wow. It's the first type of fruit that you carry. It's fruit in the way that you act, in the way that you live, that glorify God. That when people look at that, they can see God in your actions. They can see God in your life and in your marriage and in, in your children and in your family and in your friends. They can see that because it's the way you act. Paul adds his voice. Colossians 1 verse 10 says this, Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. 
All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And that's the first type of fruit that your life carries, is fruit that honors God. That is, we spoke about this last week, we've been called to sanctification, to live a holy life, to live a life that pleases God. That's, that's the first call after we've been called to Him, to live a life that pleases Him. And this is the fruit that we bear. When people look at your life, they can actually see God working and it honors Him. But the second type of fruit, very often, we don't pay attention to. And the second type of fruit is fruit that actually multiplies. When God created the plants, you'll see it, the Bible mentions that it was seed-bearing plants. And there is a seed in your life that produces physical fruit. Now, I'm not talking about your kids right now. <laughs> I'm talking in your spiritual walk with God, there is a fruit that God wants from your life that is physical, that you can point to. And we don't often see that. Because we read this verse, and I'm going to read you this verse right now, and you're going to know it because we read it quite often. It's one of the most well-known verses in Scripture, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. And we read it. And what we do is we don't see the mandate that God has placed on our lives or we abdicate the responsibility to other people. We say, well, they're professional. They should be doing this. And this is the verse. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 28, verse 19. Perhaps you know it. It says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to pay attention to this verse. Because for a long time in my life, I used to think that the job of making disciples was the church's job. Isn't that what we sort of believe? Is, you know, when, when you come to church, you hope to find a bunch of disciples there. And the church should run a discipleship program. And the pastor should be the one that runs a discipleship group. And so it's the professional people that should be making disciples. That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. You know, I mean, they need to make disciples. The problem with that thought is that that doesn't align with the principle we find in Genesis. Jesus didn't speak to the church and told the church to make disciples. He was speaking to disciples and told them to reproduce according to their kind and go make disciples. That's what Jesus said to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply. But remember, you will produce the fruit that is in line with who you are. And that's part of Caladio's vision. That's part of what we believe. That's part of what we, we really strive to and we believe God has called us as a church to. Because if you follow the logic, if the fruit of a disciple is another disciple, then the fruit of a church is another church. That's why God has called us to plant churches. Not because we want to build our own little kingdom, but because it aligns with this principle that if we are a church, we need to plant churches. And I believe this is how it works. That if you're a disciple and you reproduce another disciple according to your kind, 
and they reproduce another disciple and you reproduce another disciple and suddenly there's a bunch of disciples gathered together and what do we call that? Well, that's a church. And so this church forms and it's a new church. And as this church keeps on the disciples producing disciples, there's another bunch of disciples and they form a new church. And so in that way, the church has formed another church. They've reproduced according to their kind, but it depends on disciples reproducing according to their kind. So here's my question. If Jesus walked past your life, can you point to the disciples that you have reproduced? And that's a tough question, I know. That's a hard question. Because we are so focused very often on the first type of fruit. Is my life glorifying God? And I believe that's a good thing. We should be. But the second one is crucial. Am I multiplying? Am I bearing fruit that multiplies? Can I point physically to the disciples in my life? Can I point to John and to Kuss and to Mary? Can I, can I point to them and say, this is my fruit. This is what I've done. This is the fruit that I bear. Because I'm a disciple, I'm reproducing according to my kind, there are my disciples. There are the people that are now followers of Jesus because I've reproduced. And it's a tough one. But I believe there are two main reasons why we don't reproduce in the way that we should. And I don't want to even call it making disciples because that's become sort of a, a church term and we don't really know how to, to navigate that term. How do we make disciples? So I want to call it reproduce according to who you are. And one of the reasons why we don't reproduce, and I'm not talking if you're living far from God and you're, you, know, you, you don't really have a relationship with Him at the moment. That's an issue for another story. Then you had to go back to step one and realize that God has called you to Himself. He's calling you to Himself. And then secondly, He's calling you to a holy life, to live in a certain way. But then when you are in that place, and the question is there, why aren't you producing disciples? Where are your disciples? Because it's, it's easy to say, no, I am making disciples. But the, the follow-up question is the harder one. Well, point to them. And that's why I said it's a physical thing. It's a physical fruit. And I believe the, the one, one of the reasons why we aren't producing disciples is simply this. Life happens. Life happens. And it's not an excuse. It's just a reality. You know that life happens. Life gets in the way of things that we want to do for God, of us reproducing according to our kind. And in fact, Jesus tells a story about that. I'm not going to read it to you. Mark chapter 4, from verse 13 to verse 20. You can go read it on your own. It's the parable of the sower. This man that walks around and sows seed. And some seed fall on hard ground, some seed fall on thorny ground, and some seed fall on shallow ground, and some seed fall in good ground. And Jesus tells the story about the seed that lands in a certain place and either bears fruit or doesn't. 
And I believe he's, he's communicating something to us. That often the potential of the fruit-bearing word of God in your life comes to you. There is potential in that because that's what a seed is. It's potential growth. It is potential fruit, but it needs to develop and it needs to grow. And very often we receive the seed and Jesus calls it the word of God coming to you. God speaking to you, maybe through a sermon or a YouTube video or uh, a reel that someone has sent onto you or a message via WhatsApp or something. The word of God comes to you and Jesus says, and then life does this. And he mentions four specific things. He says, firstly, very often we just don't hear. And he, he mentions this when he says, the word comes to you and Satan steals it away. He says it in verse uh, 14, I think. Satan just steals it away. In other words, you have the word of God coming to you and you're just not paying attention. You're not aware of the fact that God is actually speaking to you. It's just passing over your head, going in this year, going out of that year, and nothing happens. Satan steals it. You don't hear. And there may, may be many reasons why you're not hearing, but that's just part of life. Sometimes your spouse speaks to you and you don't hear, or your boss speaks to you and you, you just don't hear because your attention is elsewhere. Life happens. The second thing that Jesus says that happens why we don't produce fruit is simply this, it's the troubles of life. I don't know about you, but life is full of trouble. And there are enough issues to keep us going for many lifetimes. And sometimes those troubles just sort of, you know, drain the life out of us. Drain everything out of us. You know, you're troubled, you're worried, things are concerning you. Things at school aren't really going the way that you hoped it would with your children or things at work or things at home, wherever it might be, it's just trouble. Sometimes those troubles have the ability to just force the life of God out of you. And thirdly, Jesus says, the stress of life, the stresses of life. He calls it this, he says, um, the worries of life in verse 19. Life is stressful, life is tough. And sometimes those stresses are just too much. Sometimes it just pulls away at our lives. But then Jesus mentions a last one. And if I'm speaking to you right now, I believe this is really pertinent for a lot of people in the culture that we live in. And I want to refer to what Jesus said as the vanity of life. Just wanting things that you can't have. I think this is one of the biggest things that pull us away from bearing fruit in our lives. Jesus said it this way. He says, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Nothing. Because we keep on striving. I mean, you see a new special deal on Take A Lot and you just want to grab that. And, but you already have five in the cupboard, but this is a new model, you know, so we just want that. And then we want this, and then we want that. And, and we, we, we strive to have things that is out of reach, and we want to buy stuff that we don't need to impress people we don't know. 
It's the, the vanity of life. Just, you know, the lure of wealth and hoping for things that we don't have. And I believe the story illustrates that life happens. These are all very real things for us. But Jesus ends this by saying that when you allow the word of God to fall on good places in your heart and you pay attention to that and you manage to push the troubles and the stresses and the vanity of life out of the way, he says it produces fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold in your life. You see, there is potential in the word of God. We are required to reproduce according to our kind. We have been called to that since the very beginning. And the second reason, big reason why I believe we aren't making disciples or we aren't reproducing according to our kind, even though we believe it's an important task, is the lost art of storytelling. We have lost the ability to tell the story of God in our own personal lives. Because that's another thing that we have given away to the professionals. Somehow we have bought into a lie that in order to proclaim the good news of Jesus, you need a degree in theology or you need to have attended Bible school or you need to be a leader in something and something of the church and the church needs to ordain you and, and you need to do a bunch of things in order to be allowed to speak about God. But listen, it's, it's simply the story of God in your life. And I know you have a story. God has done things in your life. God has answered prayers. God has come through in certain ways. God has comforted you, maybe through a troublesome period. God has maybe saved you from a life where you were on a downhill path and you were about to wreck everything and God turned it around. I don't know what your story looks like, but you have a story. And that is the most powerful thing that you can do is tell the story of God in your life. But because of the life that happens, and because we don't pay attention very often, very few of us have stories that are current. Hey, I believe God works every single day, but it requires our attention. I want to read you a verse that Paul wrote, Colossians 1 verse 6. He says this, The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Can you maybe just cast your mind back to the day that this good news changed your life? That's your story. That's how you reproduce according to your kind by speaking to people about the hope that God has put in your life, how he has changed things around. And that's your personal story. You tell it in your own voice, in your own words, in your own way. But you need to reproduce. We have been called to reproduce according to our kind. Disciple. Make disciples. Giraffe, make giraffes. Elephant, make elephants. Apple tree, make apples. Disciple, make disciples. We have been called 
to that. And that is the overarching principle that connects all very specific callings. If you are a teacher, you have not been called primarily to work with kids. You have been called to minister to kids, to tell your story of God and allow God's good news to change their lives. If you are a doctor, you aren't primarily called by God to just be a healer. Yes, that's part of the calling. That is an awesome part of the call. But are you making disciples? If you're a business owner, you're not primarily called to make money and keep the economy going. That is an awesome part. And I love it that you do it. But are you making disciples? Are you telling your story so that you can reproduce according to your kind? I want to end off with this question. If it is true that we are reproducing according to our kind, and if you look around you at your family and your friends and the people that you surround yourself with, what are you reproducing? Do you like what you see? Because if you don't, you need to get closer to God. You need to allow Him to change what's inside so that you can reproduce what you are. He is the only one that can affect that change in your life. He is the only one that can change the inside, change your life to the extent that it aligns with His Word so that you're able to reproduce what you actually want to see. What are you reproducing? We have been called to reproduce according to our kind. Can we pray together? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the grace that has been extended to us through Jesus Christ. And that is the good news that we carry inside of us. Well, that is the good news that changed my life. It's the good news that have changed so many lives across the globe. And it is still the good news that has the ability to change lives today. And my prayer today is that we will reproduce according to our kind, that we will bring forth fruit that honors you, but also fruit that multiplies. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us. Thank you for maybe reigniting the story of God in our lives. Lord, remind us of where you worked and what you did so that we have something to say and something to tell Help us to navigate the pressures of life, Lord, so that it doesn't squeeze out our ability to reproduce because we want to be people that reproduce a 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. May we glorify you in that way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.